foundation of our friendship with God. And that's what we get to do every Sunday when we come together like this, when we connect, when we commune, when we just come to church. We come to church on a Sunday morning just to be a part of what God's doing, to be a part of His blessing upon our lives, but also to be a part of His blessing upon everybody else's life that's here this morning as well to be able to come and see the amazing things that are happening in people's lives and the things that God is doing in every day. I love church. And with that mindset, Justin has asked me to probably expand a little bit about what we touched on, Donna and I, when we had our interview the other week about our journey with the local church and why we love it so much. And I want to start that by going to Hebrews chapter 10. And it says there, Let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Meeting together. It's an amazing thing for us to be able to do that. How much do we enjoy it at the moment when there's been such a huge gap of not being able to do this on a regular basis, to come together and meet together, to connect? See, why do Christians gathered on a Sunday to worship? Why do we become members of what we call the local church? What's the purpose? What's the reason? See, this must have been a question to the writer of Hebrews many years ago in that first century. He was saying, do not stop gathering as some people are doing. It's a question that was back there. But even more so, I believe, it's a question in today's society. It's a modern-day question. Why gather? Why do come together on a Sunday? See, Christians are asking that question right now. Why do I have to go to church? Why can't I worship God at home in the convenience of my own lounge room? Why can't I just get up in this digital age, in this IT world, and do the simple thing that's just there by really... Waking up, make yourself a cup of coffee, and with a swipe of a finger, have a literal world of preachers in front of you. Just a swipe. And you can choose whatever topic you want. You can shape the message to whatever you want to hear. You can choose that morning who you're going to listen to. You can choose the style of message you're after. You know, it's beautiful. It's great. We've been experiencing it for about 18 months now, on and off. The ability to not worry about getting dressed up to go to church. Taking away that confusion of, well, what shall I wear today? Did I wear that last time I was at church? Is somebody else going to be wearing the same shirt? I bought it from Target. It's quite possible that somebody else is going to be walking in the same day. To not have to worry about, just get out of bed, hair's a mess, doesn't matter, coffee's in your hand, pajamas on, hopefully, <laughs> Sitting in your lounge room, swipe your iPad, your phone, your TV, whatever you want, and bang, there's church. Right there in front of you. And you can do it anytime. You can do it at 9 in the morning. You can do it at 3 in the afternoon. You can do it at 11 o'clock at night if you want. Can I be honest? It's not church. It's watching church. It's watching church. It's not church. See, why real-time and not online? That's the question. Why real-time? 
and not online. The simple reason for that is this. Church is real. It's real. It's not online. It's not something to be watched. It's something to be experienced. See, church is a connection. It's an interaction. It's a dialogue. See, on a Sunday, you communicate backwards and forwards with people. It's not like sitting there and watching a computer screen or a TV and it's a monologue coming towards you. You're engaging with people. You're connecting with people. You're speaking, they're speaking. Whether it be in words or connection or relationship, you walk through this door and straight away you engage with church. You engage with people. See, it's a participation in a relationship. It's not an episode to be viewed. It's something we do and we experience and we enjoy. See, we all have spiritual, physical, mental, emotional and relational needs. And most of these needs will be fulfilled within church on a Sunday morning. When we come and we connect with people, when we come and we actually connect with God like we did this morning in worship, we feel his presence. We have these needs that are just part of our lives, met within him. But not only in him, but with everybody else that is here worshipping him together. Everybody else that is walking the same path, the same journey, experiencing the same love and commitment and connection that we all are experiencing with God. See, church fulfills many of those needs. But there's a more important reason why church is important. See, because it's ordained by God. The local church is God's chosen vessel through which his people are discipled. We get discipled by doing this. We get discipled by connecting we get discipled by interacting. We get discipled not only by the, the message that comes from the pulpit, but the worship experience, the communion, the prayer meeting before, the half hour of con connecting with people and talking to people, hearing their life journeys, hearing their struggles, hearing what's going on in their lives, hearing the testimonies of amazing things God has done, hearing what they do and how they do it, hearing why they do it. See, all these things disciple us and create us to be more like the image of God. See, we grow spiritually in the local church. We're careful, cared for. You get in this environment and people just care for you. They can't help it because it's a natural expression of God. And when God resides within you, you care for people. You genuinely want to see good for their lives. And that happens every Sunday when God's people come together. We're developed here, we're trained here, and we're released to serve from here. This is what takes place when we gather in God's name, when we come together to experience church. It's an amazing thing. See, the Greek word for church is ecclesia. Ecclesia refers to an assembly. See, to truly experience church, we have to gather. To really go to church, you have to gather. 
It's not something we can do at home alone. To have the ecclesia, to have the church, it has to be a group of people coming together, gathering and assembling, interacting, communing, getting to know one another, getting to know God, not watching it on a screen. It's about connecting with Him. See, we need to realize something. The local church is God's idea. It was His plan. It's not C3s. Sorry to say, it's not Justin and Anna's. It's God's plan. It's not yours. You didn't plan this. It's not mine. God planned for His church. He planned that we would gather together. He planned for the ecclesia, the gathering of His people, coming together and worshipping Him. See, it's His plan for you as much as it is for me. That's the simple answer. Why can't I do it at home alone? Because it's not God's plan. His intention and will is for, is for us to gather together like this today. That's his desire. That's his passion. Because he gets to commune with all these people together. Right across Australia. On a Sunday, the global church meets. Across the world, the global church meets just like today, in this church, we gather together and we connect with people and we gain strength. We become discipled. We become impassioned. That's happening right across the world because God ordained his people to gather together in church. See, Matthew 16, 18, Jesus states, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. I will build my church. That's his passion. His desire is for this to grow. It's a, it's a desire for this to manifest in a greater way. Let's be honest. It's subtle at the moment, but there is an attack on the church. We're not fully seeing it, but it's there. And it's this question of why gather? Why come together? Why can't I just do it from home? There's so much that I can watch. There's so much that I can experience. Why gather? Why go? Why connect? I can do it remotely. Can I tell you something? God isn't remote. God is personal. God is interrelational. God is about connection. God is up and close. God is love. And to experience that, we need to connect with that. And what better place to connect with that than here on a Sunday morning where we all gather together with one focus, one heart, one passion. That's Him. He's the center of everything we do here on a Sunday morning. See, it's not God's will for us to live our Christian life alone. It's that simple. It's his will for us to gather together, experience him together, and experience each other together. See, we see that first in the Garden of Eden when God declared, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. It's not good for us to be alone. 
it's good for us to be together. It's not good for us to be remote. It's good for us to be connected. It's not good for us to be apart. It's good for us to be a part of the greater whole. See, Christians thrive in a community because that's the way God has created man to be, to be able to connect with people. See, I said it the other day in our interview, grow alone, grow weird. It's simple, but it became a mantra in my life right back in the beginning of my journey. See, Donna and I, we got saved together. We left school, we moved out together, we've been living together for three years. Then suddenly, unknown how, we just turned up at church, well, we know how, but we just turned up to church. We weren't seeking, we weren't looking for it, we got saved together. What we didn't share in that interview the other week is that first year was a difficult year because the church we got saved in didn't have a discipleship program. We were unchurched, we didn't understand the benefits of doing what we do this morning. So the first year, I tried to grow alone. Tried to read the Bible alone. Tried to understand the Word of God alone. You know something? Who knows? That doesn't work. It didn't work for me because I interpreted the Bible the way I wanted it to be. I read it the way I wanted it to be read. I shaped it to meet what I wanted in my life. I tried to bring the warp of the Bible into my world. That doesn't work because much of what the Bible was trying to change within me, I couldn't see because I had spiritual blinkers on and blinders on because I just wasn't seeing what was going on. I thought he was hip. He was a modern God now. This is the old-fashioned God. He doesn't th see things that way anymore. Things have changed so much. So I shaped my experience around that. Until a year into our journey is when we became involved with the local church. Everything changed. Dramatically changed. Because suddenly I was surrounded by people with more knowledge than me. More life experience. More God knowledge. And suddenly things started to make sense. Things started to change. All because we started to gather. All because we started to connect. All because we started to put ourselves, to be honest with you, the first few months in an uncomfortable position. I lived in thongs, board shorts and singlets. Never been to church in my life. Remember Rocky in the first time on a Sunday, dressed like that. And this church was a little bit straight. They had shirts on, button down, ties. And they were weird. They sang. They tried to shake my hand as I walked in the front door. What's with that? They spoke in all these different languages. It was freaky. But there was something of power there. There was a, a drag, a draw. There was a connection. Even though it was uncomfortable, it's like, oh, oh, this is this is interesting. I like this. See, let me say this: people are seekers. 
whether we intentionally seek things out or not, we are always looking for more understanding. We're always looking for the why. We're always looking for the purpose. We're seeking, whether we know it or not. And we wander spiritually when we aren't connected relationally. It's this connection on a Sunday with people that are like-minded that keep us anchored in the things of God, that keep us connected. See, church is our lifeline. It connects us relationally with like-minded people as well as connecting us with God. We come, we gather, we assemble. See, with that in mind, we've got to realize we're all part of a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle of the way God sees us living our lives within his church. Ephesians says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners. You can't be a stranger in this environment. You can't be a foreigner in this space. People will come and get to know you, whether you want that to happen or not. We went through an experience in our lives where we did some international ministry for a few months. We came back from that a little bit damaged. So we joined, well, the plan was to go to this church for me to do Bible college. That was a plan that Donna and I had. The plan in the back of my mind is this is a big church, 3,000 people strong. I can hide out the back. Nobody will see me. I can just be really quiet. You know what? That doesn't happen in church. People will come to you and say, hello. You can't hide. You can't withdraw because people want to connect with you. That's what I love about church. You cannot be a stranger or a foreigner here. But fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. See, a household implies family. It implies community. It implies interaction. It implies a shared space. It implies what's on that wall over there. This is home. The household of God. We connect here. See, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together. You know, two things can only be fitted together when they are in the proximity of one another. You ever tried to charge your phone with the charger in one room and the phone in another? It doesn't work. I've done that. Totally forget to plug the thing in. The charger and the phone are designed to fit together. They have to be in proximity for the power to flow. Without that close proximity, the two don't become one. We cannot be connected and fitted with God if we don't come into his presence, into his house, into his anointing, into his purpose and into his plan for how we're meant to live our lives. See, two things have to be in proximity to connect. We have to come into his proximity to connect with him. It goes on to say, grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together, making the jigsaw complete. See, when we all come together, we form the picture of what God has for church. It's complete when we're all together. It's complete when the pieces combine. It's complete 
when we give ourselves and we sang this morning to God, your way, not mine. Ephesians goes on to say later that it says, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It grows when we fit together. It grows when we connect. It grows when we find our place. See, I love the local church primarily for four reasons. The first one is this, diversity. I love the diversity in church. See, diversity, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is defined as the state of having people who are different races and who have different cultures in a group or organization. It can also mean the quality or state of having many different forms, types, ideas, and the like. Is it any wonder that Martin Luther Jr. once pointed out that Sunday was the most segregated or most homogenous day of the week? Where else do you experience a diversity like this? Where else do you step into a room and it's full of different races? different cultures, different ages, ethnicities, backgrounds, professions, skills, motivations, interests, opinions, ethics, and morals. This room is filled with all those differences, but they all come together as one with one God that they worship. That all washes away. That all piles in significance when we measure it against our Saviour. When we measure it against God, it doesn't matter what race we are. It doesn't matter what age we are. It doesn't matter what we even think about what's happening in the world today when we put him up where he should be, primarily in our lives. Everything else becomes, as Justin mentioned the other week, peripheral. See, I had a friend in Gosford, and I have no idea how he became my friend. No idea. Because as I said, going to church was a new experience for me. I'd just gone through a year of trying to grow by myself. And we went to this church. We spoke to this pastor because Donna's parents were assistant pastors of this church. So I thought, oh, well, I'll go talk to the lead pastor. I liked him. So I thought, oh, well, we'll give this a go. I think it was the next week. It was a Thursday. I was working at KFC at the time. I was doing a mid-shift. starts at midday. 10 o'clock in the morning, I was going to meet the pastor to talk about a few things. As I came to the office, the door opens and out bounced this very flamboyant man, very colourfully clothed. And let me, let me say again, what I came from was not connecting with people. I didn't like to be touched. Did not like to be touched. And this guy bounces out, runs probably about 10 metres with his arms out. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? And my natural reaction was to shove my hand out, smack him in the church, and lay him on the ground. And I'm like, oh, sorry. His name was Greg. And I looked at him thinking, who are you? I don't, I don't want anything to do with you. You are weird. You are a strange, strange man. Greg became one of my best friends in that church. He introduced me to so many different things. He became a mentor. He chased me down every Sunday when I walked into church to connect. He took me out street witnessing. He showed me so many different things, but he was so diverse. Diverse from what I'm used to. 
He challenged me. See, diversity in church is an amazing thing. Where else do we get to experience this? I love that. Every Sunday when you walk in, you will meet somebody new. Different life, different background, different ways of thinking. It stretches our minds. It stretches our understanding. See, the, the possible diversity are, diversities are endless. But it's these diversity that help us grow into the image of Christ. When we're faced with diverse people, diverse situations, we press into God. We become more like him because they help us to foster understanding, to become more tolerant, to experience more empathy, to become more patient. Where else but in the local church do you learn to become merciful, to express grace, forgiveness, connection, and what have I, I've experienced, true relationships. Even with people you would never even consider would become a friend, becomes a close friend, a true relationship, because we come into this presence. See, I read this quote this week. I love it. It says, The more voices we have access to, the bigger our Bibles get. The more we see what's behind our cultural blinders. See, it's so easy to walk around like this. This is what I believe. This is what I believe. This is what I believe. And then we meet somebody different. They believe the same thing, but a little bit differently. And it expands our blinder a bit. Oh, hang on, I didn't look at it that way. I didn't understand it from that perspective. I haven't experienced that. And the next Sunday, the same thing happens again. Boom. And our Bible gets bigger. Our understanding gets bigger. Why? Because of diversity. You've come across somebody that does the next thing that church does so well. Challenges us. Where else do you get challenged more than here on a Sunday morning? Church is meant to challenge us. It's supposed to fulfill us, but we're not supposed to walk out tickled. We walk out thinking, oh, I need to change. I need to grow. And it doesn't happen just from this platform. It happens by talking to somebody over a coffee in the corner of church where they share what's happened in their life that week. And you sit there and think, man, how would I have reacted to that? It challenges your status quo, whether you just want to stay at this level. Church doesn't allow you to stay there. It asks you to rise. It asks you to grow. It challenges your misconceptions, your motivations, your morals, your ethics, your biblical understanding. It challenges your personal walk with God. It's what I love about this. Every Sunday morning, you can wake up and say, hey, I don't feel like going to church today. It's sunny. My bike is calling. I could go fishing. Any other thing but church. Then you walk in and you feel God's connection. You see someone and you think, man, I need to talk to them. God gets around you. He challenges your heart. He challenges your motivation. The next thing I love is the opportunity. You don't get anywhere else where you'll get more opportunities to find out who you are than here. I've been a sound man. I've been a children's church leader. Don't know how that happened. 
I wasn't a nice person before Christianity. Donna will tell you, one of my favourite things was standing in the shopping centre, looking at a kid until it cried. (laughs) You would not have liked me. Don't know why I was damaged, (laughs) broken. Children's church leaders, youth leaders, I've been a cleaner, I've been a caretaker, I've been an assistant pastor, associate pastor, international ministries, I've been a senior pastor, tried it all, not all of it fit, (laughs) but the thing is, you find out some things about yourself in that environment, see, you don't get that sitting at the couch at home, watching it on a screen. You get that by being here, seeing a need, fulfilling the need. And coming the next week, being here, seeing a need, fulfilling a need. And then the same week, the next. And it's just a constant walk with God. But for everything, as we start to close, to allow these opportunities to take place, there's a simple thing we need to do. We need to learn how to say yes. Yes. Everything I tried in church may not have been the thing that I would end up doing, may not have been the thing to fulfill the passions within me. It took me a long time to get to the place where I realized I could preach. Scariest thing in my life was to get up in front of people. Couldn't do it. Used to stutter as a kid. Hated it. Still don't enjoy it. Day before, preaching, nerves. But for some reason, God lets me do it. And it took me a long time to figure that out. But there was a lot of yeses to get there. A lot of opportunities that need to be stepped through. See, your yes will not always be comfortable. Yes doesn't always look like what we envisioned. Yes can be scary. But yes connects you with God. Yes answers your questions. Yes erodes fear, minimizes it, pushes it out. Yes unearths talents. Yes unleashes the anointing. Yes redirects your path. Yes is a simple word, but it's one of the most powerful words you can ever say. You are sitting here today because at one time you said yes. Yes to a saviour. Yes to a healer. Yes to a reconciler. Yes to a redeemer. No matter what your need was at that time, one word, yes, transformed your life. Renewed it. Reinvigorated it. Completely redirected it. Refashioned it to what it is today. And tomorrow, you can say yes again. Yes to something new. Yes to something fresh. Yes to a new challenge. Yes to a new opportunity for diversity. Yes to a new opportunity. See, your yes finds your jigsaw piece in the puzzle that is the local church. And helps complete the picture that God desires both for you and for his church. This church and the church that is global. 
In closing, can I just say this? No, can I encourage you this morning to try something? Try yes. Yes to going to church. Yes to diversity. Yes to challenges. But most importantly, yes to opportunities. See, yes to God's big picture for both you and his church, C3CH. With that in mind, can I pray for you? Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for this house. I thank you for this place. But more importantly, I thank you for your people. Because it's your people that are the true church of God. I thank you for the ecclesia, the called out ones, the chosen ones, the ones that come together to, to assemble, to gather, in the midst of all the diversities and all the challenges, to take up the call of God.